Reflections with Deacon Gary Johnson. Well, do we ever get a lot of insights into human nature from this gospel? And of course, with John, there's always layers upon layers upon layers of meaning. So one of the first questions that I come to is, where's the man? I mean, that particular sin takes two people. And if they were caught in the act, he had to be there. Was he hiding? Or was he in the crowd that was gathering around, preparing to stone this woman? However, that's a whole other topic, maybe the next homily on this gospel. But let's take a moment to look at the crowd that gathered around. Now, while the gospel from John is making this point about the scribes and the Pharisees, typically we saw large crowds gather for these types of events. And invariably, we would just see the examples of what I guess we would call mob frenzy, people that were so ready to condemn with gusto and with a moral superiority. You can almost get a sense of the anger that the crowd would have as they worked up to prepare to kill this woman. Interestingly, that makes more of a statement about themselves, doesn't it? About their willingness to hurt and damage others. How like us that is. We can become oh so ready to participate in character assassination, to distort truths, to embellish the truth, to pass on half-truths and rumors, whether it's at home or in the school or in the office, or to update things, whether it's on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter, Facebook, I think they still use that. I know they don't use MySpace anymore. We are so ready to condemn others. We are so ready to tear others apart so that we can feel morally superior to them. So while this event occurred 2,000 years ago, we're really not that different. Now, Jesus didn't react to the crowd, didn't react to the situation. And in fact, John, as he tells the, uh, the information about what happened, has him do this rather obscure thing of almost ignoring what was going on and just writing something in the, in the sand. I think that Jesus saw that the anger, the hatred that poured forth from those that would gather around and from the scribes and the Pharisees was not because of anything that this woman had done to them. Only the man's wife and, I suspect, his mother would be most angered. Jesus saw something about them. And Jesus saw something about us as humans that we don't often want to see. And that is the things that we get angry about in others is very often a part of us that we don't want to admit. We get unduly angry at the person in the office who's stubborn. And maybe, just maybe, that we are reacting to the stubbornness that is part of ourselves, but we don't want to admit it. Somebody once said, you spot it, you got it. We condemn the person that we see as controlling, and we fail to see our own controlling nature. And we are so very good at confessing everybody else's sins, but not our own. The emotion within the crowd is less about some legitimate anger at this woman who'd done them no individual injury, but rather seeing her reminded them 
and reminds us that we too are capable of, and maybe even guilty of, the same things for which we condemn. And rather than admit that to ourselves, we join in this outward expression of anger, leaving the impression with others that that's not part of who we are. I think Jesus saw beyond the surface of the crowd. I think Jesus saw within the people, deep within the people. And he didn't condemn the crowd. He understood that the inner conflict that drove their behavior came from their own brokenness, their own sinfulness. And so what did Jesus do? He exposed it. He took them where they didn't want to go. He exposed the darkness within that they denied even existed to themselves and to others. They are all guilty. What was in the dark was brought into the light. He snaps them out of their behavior, not by condemning the behavior, but by revealing the attitudes that drove it. Not by giving them a rebuke or another rule to live their lives by, but by helping them change the disposition of their hearts. Like the woman, we are all guilty of sin, and yet while other persons will be quick to condemn us, God does not condemn us. God just calls us, like the woman, to go on in our life, and by our experiencing of God's love and mercy, to be more aware of that love and mercy, to be more aware of God. I wonder what happened to that woman. I'll never know. The one thing I'm pretty sure of is that that woman's life would not have been changed by adding another rule of behavior. She and the man had already broken some of those rules. No, her life would have been changed because she had experienced, when she least expected it, the love and the mercy of God. Which leaves us with but one question. Has our encounters with God's love and mercy changed our behaviors? Or are we still stuck in the crowd? <laughs>